This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Suyuno Amos. I'm Kenji Cataldo. Our guest today is Vera Zambonelli, the founder and director of Hawaii Women in Filmmaking. Hawaii Women in Filmmaking advocates for women and girls telling their stories through film with an intersectional lens. Their Wahine in Film Lab is an incubator for the development of 10 short film ideas into viable projects by the end of their time at the lab. We had a great conversation with Vera about the uniqueness of film as a medium for storytelling, and especially the importance of nurturing more femmes, non-binary, gender fluid, gender queer, women and girls to share their own stories and perspectives. So today we're speaking with Vera from Hawaii Women in Filmmaking, um, which is an organization I'm really excited about. Uh, Vera, would you like to just introduce yourself and tell us about how Hawaii Women in Filmmaking came to be? Aloha, my name is Vera, and that's a very um, easy and hard question to answer at the same time, um, because um, a lot has happened since its origin, so a lot of transformations, but the the origin story of Hawaii Women Filmmaking, uh, which was founded in 2011, was really to create a space and place and time for Hawaii women filmmakers to, to get to know each other, to connect, to collaborate and be invested in each other's success. At the time, it was a space that um, while there are several organizations like ours on the continent and in other countries as well, um, there was nothing like that here in Hawaii, so I, in Honolulu, where I'm by, based. So I really took, um, you know, I really felt it was very much needed to have uh, such a space uh, for and build communities. Uh, so that was the, the spark. Before we get into the organization, could you share a little about your own background with film? Uh, sure. Uh, I have a very um, unconventional journey into filmmaking. Uh, actually, I mean, be, besides being a avid film viewer, like, you know, going to the movies a lot since, since I was very young and enjoying it, I actually discovered film and filmmaking um, while I was doing my PhD in uh, urban original planning. So that's actually my <laughs> studies. And, uh, and, um, and as I was, um, you know, um, nearing uh, the proposal for the dissertations and working on my dissertation as well, I discovered something called a videographic methodology. So, and that was like, hmm, that sounds very interesting, especially because one uh, of uh, not my own professor, but someone very well known in the field was actually um, engaging with filmmaking for social research for research. And so it was kind of this alignment of different people around me engaging with film and my own way of combining what I was doing with also what I wanted to learn more about. <laughs> and then, uh, um, so I did try to bring film uh, filmmaking to my department. Actually, at the time, we um, I collaborated with my 
uh, advisor on offering classes uh, like filmmaking for social research or uh, imaging the city. Uh, and at the same time, I was taking a lot of classes um, at UH Manoa, the creative media, but also communication department. So I was kind of like getting my own uh, background in film and filmmaking as I was also doing my PhD in urban studies. Uh, and uh, and then, um, you know, I don't want to go too much into details, but I um, had a personal challenge in my filmmaker development or development as a filmmaker. And then um, I felt that probably I was not the only one uh, encountering those type of challenges. Uh, and, uh, and that's where I thought that rather than stay angry <laughs> and uh, mad at the system, I decided to do something about it and catalyze my anger into creating a space that um, it originally was you know, for me, like some a space where I would feel safe uh, to share my ideas and uh, and skills and passions without someone else, like you know, appropriating it. <laughs> but then I realized it wasn't just for me. You know, I mean, that was like my own personal entry into it. Um, and then I was like, you know, I'm sure that I'm not the only one who has had this type of. Um, encounters <laughs> therefore it was like okay what can i do and this is really how i and you know at the beginning of uh have i volume filmmaking um and learning about film the strategy for me was really to surround myself uh with people that knew a lot more than i did uh, and so reaching out to um established filmmakers in the communities uh people that teach at the university that have extensive you know, film productions, but also making sure there was a space where people like me that wanted to learn, uh, that wanted to take classes could actually do that. Because um, even at the time, yes, I could attend the classes, a creative media, but not all classes were open to me. Uh, I was told that I should have like quit my PhD and register as a second BA to take production classes. So the idea was also to create a space of learning um, that was accessible to everyone that wanted to to learn. Uh, so that's actually why we're not a membership uh, organizations, and uh, while our missions is really uh, center on on Vahine, women and girls, and you know non-conforming uh, uh, gender uh, non-binary uh, folks. At the same time, uh, you know, um, whenever there is like a marginalized voice, that's where we um, really uh, focuses our attention and make sure that we widen the play field <laughs> for them as well. I mean, it's just so critical, um, I feel, for you to be making that space, particularly in the filmmaking industry for women and um, gender fluid folks to be able to learn and and. Yeah, I just want I want more of these these folks to be able to share their stories. So um, glad that you're making this space. Yeah, because we really, um, you know, sometimes when I go and give presentations, I have all those numbers. Like, I know how many cinematographers, how many directors, and the numbers haven't really changed. And actually, they tend to go backward instead of moving forward uh, in film. If you look at TV production, it may be a little bit better just because they're also type of investments are different but still you know uh we haven't reached gender parity and and so if you look at the numbers they don't tell you just the story of 
who is involved, uh, um, you know, who, what films we are watching, but also who is involved in the creative process. And so Hawaii Volume Filmmaking, uh, it, it really pay attention not only what we see on screen, but also who's producing. So it's it's a media justice issue. It's like, it's not just a story that you see, but it's actually how do we redress the inequities that characterize who's involved in the production, who's telling the story. So it's not just a question of the stories there are told, but also who's telling those story. Uh, and then it's also um, um, labor issues. You know, they were like, um, <laughs> the industry was sued because, you know, women do not get employed or paid as much because also those are the, the issues. Like, you know, if only a few women are involved in the industry, only a few women are actually getting paid <laughs> for for those type of jobs. So um, it's um, it's a it's a complex issue, and uh, and of course, it's, there is not just one way to solve. And um, and and I feel like sometimes I use this. Um, I cannot recall exactly who who said, uh, but it's like you know when you think about a bird that is in a cage, it's all the intersections of those wires that forms the, the cage. So to dismantle the cage so that the bird is free, you actually have to, you know, destroy all those different wires, not just one wire to, to make sure that the bird gets free. And so, so this is why we, even in, in our small organizations, because once again, the issue is global. <laughs> you know, it's not just Hawaii, it's not just the U.S., it's actually across, you know. Uh, and so so this is why we work at so many different uh, intersections, like the educational programs that we do originally for young women, for young people, but now also trying to, you know, have an older youth, as I call. Uh, but also we have more productions. We also organize film screenings to raise visibility and awareness. Uh, we create opportunities for employment. Uh, so it's like <laughs> trying to do a lot <laughs> at the same time because a lot needs to be done to make sure that, you know, change occurs. So it's not just one, okay, you, you take care of this and then everything is solved. No, there are so many components and so many elements that contribute to the status quo. And so disruptions needs to occur at all these different intersections. Yeah, that's such a powerful image of the cage and the intersecting wires and pulling them apart. Thank you for sharing your kind of analysis about the way that gender justice and labor issues and all of this intersects in this industry. I wonder if this would be a good time to talk about some of your programming. Uh, I think this past summer, right, you had a racial justice um, real camp, is, is that right? Yes, um, it's been a couple of years that we try to combine our filmmaking uh, programs uh, focusing specifically on social justice issues. And so this summer <clears throat> we did the uh, racial justice uh, program as well as environmental justice, reproductive justice, and um, and. Uh, and in the past, we also had uh, LGBTQI plus and uh, mental wellness programs. So what we are trying to do is really to facilitate conversations around issues that affect us all and using the power of filmmaking to raise awareness and visibility, but also providing us with 
an imaging of what it could actually look like, because that's also uh, the power of film. You not only describe what's happening, but you can also envision what's not here yet. And, um, and you know, to author these programs, we have learned a lot by doing. Uh, the, uh, we have a lot of inspiration and aspiration, but sometimes also things do not necessarily go as planned. And so uh, for this racial justice, um, we... Um, we, we did complete the films, uh, but also we realized how um, much more work <laughs> needs to be done, uh, not only internally, but also, you know, at the larger community and even more. And what I'm trying to say here is really, uh, it's really, there, there, there needs to be a lot of work done so that, you know, we make sure that we don't replicate <laughs> what, what happens outside, but actually we really become this place of this rupture. And we are learning by doing as well and, and always trying to, uh, you know, self-reflect on what has been working and what is not working. And, and yeah, I want to be transparent. You know, sometimes things don't go as we wish they, they go. And, uh, and then we try to, to make amend and, uh, and start healing processes for everybody involved. And uh, yes, those were like the, I don't know if I answered the questions or because I can keep talking also uh, about the environmental justice program. And one of the things that we, um, we do uh, for all of these programs, it's to work with our community partners or even more than once at a time uh, so that they bring their own experience and expertise on the, on the topic. So for the racial justice, we were working collaboration with the Popolo Project. Uh, for the environmental justice with Sierra Club and uh, Wisdom Circles of Oceania. And the reproductive justice was a collaboration with Planned Parenthood and uh, Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies. Um, and so it's also kind of like a creating things that never ex ever been done before. <laughs> so that's also one of the things that I'm like, okay, so sometimes we need to give ourselves some grace. And of course, we try we do, to do our best. Um, and uh, this has been, I believe, uh, the third year because we started doing this program during COVID, actually, you know, when everything pivoted from being in person to online. And, um, and one constant um, feedback that we get, and we are happy with that, is how the participants really leave um, knowing more about the issues that we discuss uh, besides learning how to to make a short film. And some of them comes back because also they want to learn more about other issues or filmmaking processes as well. So the real camps are, could you just walk us through kind of the, like how long is the camp and this is something that's done every year? Um, is there other programs happening throughout the year? Uh, thank you for this question. So the real camp, uh, uh, actually the very first one uh, we offered the summer of 10 years ago. And I want to uh, acknowledge how Hawaii People's Fund was instrumental in making that possible. You know, 10 years ago, we were no one, not that now we are like a much bigger organization, but you know, uh, one of the things that Hawaii People's Fund always does is really uh, trusting <laughs> good ideas and uh, um, and investing in, in grassroots communities. So, so we were the beneficiary of a substantial grant from Hawaii People's Fund when we launched the very first real camp in 2012. 
and the camp um, you know has been changed through the years so at the beginning it was just one over the summer and uh, it was like six days uh, and um, the days are organized according to the phases of filmmaking so we go from pre-production production and post-production and pre-production also entail the teaching and learning all how to use a camera set up your tripod use the sound recording uh, tools you know so it's like as they work on the story then they also learn how to use the tools to tell the story um, and then um, that's generally happens the first couple of days and then, um, you know, production. So you see filming uh, this, this crew running around uh, <laughs> filming their stories all the way to editing and exporting a short film. And then generally there is a, a, a film screening at the end of the program. So that was originally at the very beginning, it was like, six to eight hours a day and uh very intense and then you know then other things happen like you know COVID happened so we went all online then we start um having specific social justice theme and so what happens also in the first couple of days is that we alternate um talk story on the social justice issue with learning about the film, uh, filmmaking tools and skills. So it's a very intense, packed <laughs> curriculum. Uh, and my own personal, uh, I have like this emotional roller coaster, like at the beginning, it's like, oh, everything is great. And then by the third day, it's like, therefore they will never go and finish. Uh, you know, everything is going to, you know, not work. And then by the end of six days, all the films are like ready to be screened. Uh, sometimes even they're kind of exported like last minute, <laughs> but uh, but they still compete at the best of their uh, you know capacity and uh, and uh, and so I, I constantly to be impressed, uh, but not surprised uh, in a sense like you know they they got this you know they can and and then it becomes a big kind of like a self-confidence boost for, for the participant as well, because not only they have learned how to make a film, they produce a film, they make friends, they learn more about something that is, you know, that is happening to them and their communities and they want to do something about it. So it's kind of like a all win, win, win situation. It's intense and, and very rewarding. What are some of the projects that participants have made? Wow, 10 years. Um, they have really wide range. So for the last uh, uh, few years, because they uh, they were themed, so the, the films were speaking to the social justice issues. So you can go to our Vimeo channel and, and see them organized by showcases, so environmental justice films, reproductive justice film. Uh, and uh, But from the beginning, um, you know, we always... Uh, ask them to tell a story that they all that they can only tell. You know, don't tell someone else's story. Uh, and um, and we have seen like uh, once again, it's kind of like quite impressive how much they really uh, share and and um, and how they put their voice, their authentic voice in in the process. And this is why I also think that you know that. The actual audience. I mean, we we think of peer to peer, like other peers who should see this film, but mostly I feel it's actually adult like us that should be seeing this voice with a lot of curiosity and open mindedness. 
you know, when I hear sometimes like, oh, you, the young people don't, blah, blah, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I don't know. If, I mean, I have the privilege to witness and be in the presence of outstanding, remarkable young people and uh, committed to, you know, to, you know, to, to do well, to, to be good, to, to be good for society and help each other especially the type of friendship and relationship that have uh, been happening through the programs. I mean, I see people that are still collaborating on, on their films, productions, and things like that. But films, really, they go from, you know, um, I don't know why there is this one that is just showing up in my mind, like on Runaway, once we did this program on um, uh, youth in the juvie, and so it was a poem uh, filmed uh, and it was very 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 powerful powerful or oh, we had another film thoughts and prayers like you know for all the school shootings uh, experimental very poignantly uh, put together and very strong very impactful um, and then there are like I don't know how to not waste water. <laughs> if you are like, you, know, you have your running faucet, you know, you may want to close it <laughs> instead of like forgetting about it and wasting water. You know, so it's it's all different kind of messages. But um, what it's amazing, it's always to see how much energy and enthusiasm uh, each production brings, brings out in who participate. So over the past, you know, 10 years now that you've been doing this. Um, I'm curious if there are any particular stories that you can think of, of people who you have seen really come into their own in filmmaking through the program, or maybe this is also a question of like, you know, how do you see, uh, your work kind of starting to impact at least the local Hawaii filmmaking scene? So when I think about, I mean, if I refer to the youth that comes to our, our programs, I, I, I think I can distinguish two main groups. Like the ones that are like social justice activists that have like a very uh, strong sense of, you know, um, their kuleana and, and want to learn about film and filmmaking as a, as a new tool in their toolcase, right? Like how to... To make change in <laughs> social justice uh, change. Uh, and then there are the ones that are really interested in filmmaking. Um, they want to go to film school. And so they found this as an opportunity to hone their skills and concurrently learning about things they may have not been thinking about. And so um, if I um, couldn't see, the, you know, if I focus on this, on that, uh, latter group, like the people that, are, that were really interested in film. Um, I, I have innumerable stories of um, young women, young youth that came to our programs, also because their school uh, didn't have any, uh, you know, filmmaking programs. So they actually had the opportunity to, to learn more on the skill. And some of them already have graduated from film school colleges. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> we actually had the 10 years reunion uh, last. And I was like, whoa, you were 11 <laughs> when you <laughs> started with us. And now you're already <laughs> done with college. <laughs> you know, so they're like those, those stories. So I feel that, um, you know, from Talisa Bride, but even more recent, you know, um, 
you know, high school, that um, they finish high school and then they want to, they actually found that, you know, filmmaking is really their passion and, and then they apply to film school. Um, is film school always the best choice? Um, it can be, it's not necessarily, um, you know, leaving aside, you know, what, <laughs> what we know <laughs> about the education system uh, and how expensive some of these film schools are. Um, and, and some of them, you know, keep making films, you know, just one of our um, participants who then became a filmmaker mentor they are actually now in Los Angeles. They just moved uh, because they said, like, you know, that's where the industry is. Uh, they're taking a, a gap here and uh, they are, you know, and, and they have been with us, I don't know, five, six years. And, and so, yeah, I have to say that I have a very nice jobs because I see like, you know, it's just like we just created space, you know, um, and the time and then, you know, no judgment. It just whatever they want to learn, we, we provide them. And then for the others, I feel that um, they may have not chosen to go to film school, but, um, but still have learned something that, you know, they can always go back and refer to. And in terms of how we are changing the narrative here, for the older youth, <laughs> you know, switching perspective, um, we know this is... Um, this is the, uh, we are actually tomorrow, I'm meeting with the co-producer of the Real Vahine of Hawaii series, which is a series of short documentary highlighting and spotlighting the lives and accomplishment of Hawaii women filmmakers. So uh, to date, we have um, 18 short films about, you know, these women that really had you know, paved the way for a lot of us. <laughs> and so given the fact that usually uh, women's stories are the ones that are not documented, we as a vibe women filmmaking make sure that those stories are documented for, you know, and people can learn about them. And also um, it's a very intergenerational conversation what we do with Real Vahine of Hawaii um, because uh, we are not only spotlighting, you know, established filmmakers that, you know, have, you know, and their work in the industry. But we also hire all female uh, crew, so giving <laughs> job opportunities uh, and paid opportunities. And also uh, through the internship uh, PA production, um, we also have um, graduate from our programs um, being part of the production crew as well so that they have actually credits in the film. So is, is this kind of like, you know, uh, from very young to less, less young, uh, but it's, it's an intergenerational conversation because as they say, you need to see it to, to believe you can, can be as well. And, um, and then, yeah, so when we are hired for production services, we make sure that, um, you know, graduate as well as other people that come in our uh, orbit um, do have opportunity to to work doing what they love doing and and getting paid for it <laughs> you know that's something also that we made sure it's always uh, you know a knowledge and done this might be kind of a 
obvious question, but I would love to hear your perspective on um, the medium of film as a way of storytelling and what you find really valuable um, or or exciting or useful about using film and video as a medium for storytelling, especially maybe in terms of, you know, social change or social justice kind of themes. I mean, for me is the process, you know, the, the, the process of going from an idea that is just in your mind, that all you see <laughs> in your mind, uh, and then that you work with other people to make sure that they are in alignment with what you see and what you're imagining. Uh, and, uh, and then coming out to completion and, and sharing it with an audience. And, uh, and then the beauty of film is that we may all watch the same thing, but then we all see different things at the same time. So we may all watch the same film, but each of us, given who we are, <laughs> our own positionality allows us to see things that only you can. And, um, and then uh, I personally um, enjoy, I mean, filmmaking may be a very individual, I mean, watching films can be a very individual experience, like it's you yourself. Uh, but then when you actually have a chance and time to, to talk with other people about what you saw and then share what each of us actually happened to see, it's transformational and, and kind of amplifies even more all the layers of meanings that are embedded in each single story. Um, I find it also being a visual person, I get lost in the images and the colors and in the beauty, even sometimes. I mean, I just recently watched again Monsoon Wedding by Mira Nair. And it was just so beautiful to be immersed. Although the story it's, it has also very tough <laughs> aspects, so I don't want to undermine that. Um, but I don't know. Films can, you know, can can do so many things. Can also change your mind, uh, educate yourself uh, on things that you have no idea. Can entertain you. Can take you to places that especially, you know, like with COVID, we cannot travel. I make an effort of watching <laughs> uh, stuff that it's filmed in places that I have been or I want to go. So um, somehow I feel that, uh, you know, film speaks to each of us uh, in our own way. You know, like, why do you watch to be entertained, to be informed, to be educated, to, to know more? Uh, and the making of it for me is really the process of bringing people together um, through the ups and downs, uh, because it's, it's not always fun. You know, sometimes you just have to endure a lot of things, but, you know, kind of like, and then when, when the film is complete and you share with your audience, it's like, wow, there was just an idea. I mean, real Vahine of Hawaii was just an idea between two friends. Because Shirley and I wanted to do something together. <laughs> and it was like, well, why don't we do this? And now here we are uh, pre, in pre-production for season four. You know, so it's very, I mean, there are so many angles <laughs> to why film and filmmaking. So it's, it's, it's not an easy question. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how you were describing that um, 
this having an idea in your mind and then having a group kind of come on board and all working on producing it together. It's making me think about the way you described Hawaii women in filmmaking as a, as a group coming together as well. Um, and I guess just kind of organizing, you know, in, in general and f- forming an organization. But speaking of that, the idea, that vision, could you talk about Hawaii women in filmmaking's long-term vision in terms of the, you know, the, the media industry, in terms of um, Hawaii, in terms of uh, gender equity, just wherever you want to go with it, your vision for the future? Sure. Uh, thank you for the questions. Uh, and generally, I always answer, well, if I want to think about where I see the organization, let's say 10 years from now, actually, I would like for us to not exist anymore. <laughs> like in the sense like that, you know, gender equity, um, media justice is rich. Uh, so that like, you know, it's like as nonprofit, sometimes we emerge because we recognize that there is a problem uh, and, and we want to find and we think of ways to solve the problem. So I would like to think, you know, that uh, we reach gender justice, media justice in film and the industry. Um, so that would be like my dream visions, like just to not have to exist for the reasons that we exist. <laughs> but, um, and at the same time, uh, I feel that, um, you know, little by little, step by step, you know, that the organization is giving visibility and raising awareness of women's work um, in film, um, but also um, having people thinking about, you know, from start analyzing the credits and who's in the room and and who's not in the room, <laughs> you know, um, and also... Uh, paying attention to the credits, uh, you know, like uh, why, <laughs> why all these crew members are no one. I mean, of course, you cannot always assume um, based just on the name, but at the same time, sometimes it's overwhelming, and um, and so we see ourselves as a way that you know when productions are trying to are making the effort to diversify their their crew that we become the place to go like you know this is like all the vahine that are involved from editor uh cinematographers directors you know so there is no more an excuse i don't know who are the women <laughs> filmmakers in hawaii you know um so that's actually what we're really trying to be like to to make sure that uh Ignorance is no longer an excuse, um, you know, so that uh, there are a lot of women uh, that are doing the work, uh, that have made sure that this industry is where it is. Uh, and, um, and also, like, you know, being in the room and, uh, and sometimes, you know, there are, when I think about uh, strategy of change, I feel like sometimes you need to work within the system and sometimes you have to work outside the system. So, um, and this is how I like to position Hawaii Women Filmmaking. We are trying to be more and more in conversation with, you know, the, the players in the industry um, and, and they see us. But at the same time, um, I don't always want us to be always part of that. I think there is a lot of value to be, um, you know, um, 
even just in the, the very same fact that we offer workshops, um, because not everybody has access to film schools or not everybody can go to film school. So how do we become this community resource, this resource for the community to, to tell stories, paying attention once again, what stories are told, but also whose stories, who's telling those stories. So yeah, so I think that I, what strategically, um, going back to the fact that change has to happen in many, in many ways, is like, you know, how do we uh, become part of the mainstream narrative and being seen uh, and, you know, and people being aware that we are here and we exist and this is the work that we do uh, and hire us uh, and collaborate with us, but also at the same time also maintaining that independence from so that we still have a lot of room to do um, things that otherwise maybe sometimes if you're part of a bigger institution you cannot do. Awesome well I guess if there's anything we haven't touched on yet Vera that you would like to share? I don't know hire women <laughs> to tell the story. <laughs> Yes. Just make yes. sure that there is always funding. Uh, you know, the industry, unfortunately, in the U.S. Uh, at large and even here in Hawaii, you know, there is not much investment in arts and culture. So it feels that everybody is, you know, kind of in competitions for. But, you know, I think there is a lot of we can do uh, in amplifying each other efforts. So, you know, um, yeah learn more about who we are and what we do. And also, um, if there is something that we're not doing, but we should be doing, bring to the table as well. Uh, going back to the fact that we are like a small and mighty organizations, we have a lot of flexibility in what we do. And so we always seek out collaborations with other uh, people in the communities that want to do something through and buy film. Awesome. I guess one last quick question is, um, when do you have other opportunities for, for people to participate in your programming? And what's the best way for people to find that information? Okay, so we do have, um, so the best way to stay uh, uh, updated on what's happening with the organizations is actually to go on uh, our website, hawaiiwomenfilmmaking.org. And there is a space where you can um, share your email to receive our e-newsletter and now uh, what's coming up, um, we are partnering with uh, the International Documentary Association to be one of their local community hubs for the biennial conference that they host uh, called Getting Real. Um, and so we'll be the local hub uh, screening uh, some of the panels there like in Los Angeles. But it's a very interesting concept because we'll be all watching something that has been recorded, but we'll still be in community with other uh, people. And this is uh, about documentary filmmaking. And then we are also resuming in-person screening of the Indie Lens pop-up series, uh, which was originally called Community Cinema, where we screen uh, um, uh, independent lens documentaries uh, in the community followed by Q&A before the documentary actually get broadcasted on PBS. Um, and so those are like the closest event. And then, as I mentioned, we are in pre-production for Real Vagina of Hawaii season four, 
Uh, we are still fundraising. So if you want to invest in uh, women's stories and Vahine filmmakers, um, there is a donation button. <laughs> or you can reach me at Vera at HawaiiWomenFilmmaking.org as well. And, uh, and I think last but not least, we are also um, in the midst of, in the middle of our um, Vahine in Film Lab, uh, which is um, film project incubators, uh, where we have like six fellows uh, sharing their project. They're assisted by mentors throughout the, the process. And uh, every other week we meet and talk story and share about the status of their project. And all it goes back to creating that sense of community uh, and support for each other's, you know, filmmaking. It's not easy. It's not impossible, but it's not easy. So to have a community of people invested in you and your success uh, really makes a difference. And that's what we are trying to do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and, and for creating this space. I think it's really important and I'm glad that you're doing it. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for speaking with us today. This has been a really great conversation. I enjoy it very much. Thank you for all the questions. Thank you, Vera. Thank you. Thank you, Kenji. Thank you to you know, and Ahuyo. Ahuyo. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me. And me. With additional support from... Mickey! Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. A big thank you to our community supporters and to you, our audience, for listening. Ahui ho! Dim spending done